0: everyone, welcome back to the Fantasy Pro's Football Podcast. For the final week of the regular season, we've got a DFS show for you today. We're going to have several more in the playoffs, plus a bonus episode next week. We're going to be taking an early look ahead to next season, plus talking NFL playoffs, Last week was a great week, as evidenced by Tag's Team Edwards Twilight picture on his Twitter. Tags, how you doing, buddy?
1: I've been better, man. Not not just because of the profile pic, but if you guys have been following me on Twitter, you, you've noticed that I haven't been as active the last couple days. And it's so weird because we had Christmas and um, I, I tweeted out something saying, make sure you create a memory this Christmas. And I'm never going to forget this one because the last three days I've spent on my couch, like legitimately not being able to get up, trying to do like 15 minutes of work here and there. But it's it's been brutal. And today's like the first day where I'm starting to get some of my energy back. So I'm just I'm I'm happy to be able to be doing this podcast today.
0: You know, it's really amazing tags like when you got mono. I wasn't sure if you would be back by now and you just like powered through it. So um, I'm sorry you have to deal with this. Uh, Also, I need to correct something I said on Twitter. I said that the Sammy Watkins Amari Cooper bet was over. Tags pointed out to me and he's right. It does carry over into week 17. (laughs) So this thing I'm it's so close that I'm winning right now, but if Amari Cooper had one more yard on the season, I'd be losing the bet right now. So I really need all of you to root for Sammy Watkins this week or (laughs) against Cooper,
1: but please do not sign with tags. Well, this is going to be really interesting. So it basically, you just said it. It's coming down to whoever scores more points this week. And uh, we know when I mean, this is where we're going to start our show off today too is like talking about the teams and, and the players you want to stay away from in DFS. And it's like going to be a different sort of show because week seventeen is just so unique. But uh, they have ruled out. They said that Jared Goff is not going to play. Todd Gurley's not going to play. Andrew Whitworth, they're starting left tackle. He's not going to play. So there's a lot of things going on here. If Sammy Watkins, if he starts, this could be really good for me. Where it's like if they play him for you know a quarter or two and then decide to pull all their starters that could be a real thing because they're locked into the three seed they can't get a top two seed here you're right but Sammy Watkins is like their third option so they might just want (laughs) to get him a bunch of snaps maybe he'll finally get like 10 targets and actually like dominate we'll see that would be quite quite the end of my season And it's not like Amari Cooper has a good matchup he's against the Chargers so it's not it's not ideal but it's it's fun to know that I still have a chance Yeah, are are they going to shadow him with Casey Hayward? I don't know if they're going to shadow. I think they're going to play sides with Trevor Williams playing as good as he has. They have used Casey Hayward in a shadow situation with Amari Cooper before, but I don't know if that happens this week. I think they might just play sides or stick to zone uh, with Crabtree and Cooper. I have it's really it's weird because most people like you know coming into the year I'm like oh Cooper's the number one. He's the one that opposing teams like they they game plan against. But as the season's gone on, it's like Amari was so inconsistent. It's like what do you do as the opponent? And I was I always try and think. about what I would do as an NFL coach, and um, with those two, I would I would really just play sides. Trevor Williams is playing good enough to to stay there, which Amari's still the best player on that team. Like he's still the best wide receiver, hands down. Uh, Michael Crabtree's the best red zone threat, but if it were me, I would probably shadow Cooper with uh, Casey Hayward. I just don't know if it happens.
0: I'm definitely drafting Amari Cooper next year, man. I, I don't know about you, like I know you've been burned and everything, but there's only a handful of wide receivers who have done what he did in his first two years in the league. And they're all like either Hall of Famers or on their way to go into the Hall of Fame. I'm not saying he's a Hall of Fame lock or anything, but he's that kind of talent and he's going to keep getting opportunities. So I'm going to draft him.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing is Derek Carr. Um, there was someone that works for NFL. He was saying that he started watching some Derek Carr tape uh, this this past week. And he said that Derek Carr just is a very inconsistent quarterback. He just he'll make some throws at times that make you say, wow, and then he'll make other throws that he should be completing, you know, 90 percent of the time. He just doesn't. And it's just like he's just not confident in his throws. He's, he's throwing stiff. Uh, So, you know, when you have an inconsistent quarterback, you're going to have an inconsistent wide receiver So we may not see the best of Amari Cooper until Derek Carr gets his stuff figured out So having two inconsistent players, one with drops, one with some bad passes it's It's just not a really good combination for if you're looking for consistency in fantasy football
0: He came back from a leg injury too soon He's playing through a back injury. Like I'm sure we'll get a pretty good Derek Carr next year. Uh, And we're going to dive into content here in just a second. But first, I want to tell you all about a contest DraftKings has been kind enough to put on for you all. You can win a lifetime subscription to Fantasy Pro's and a 1000 bucks this weekend at FantasyPros.com slash DraftKings. It's just a 25-cent entry, and every contestant gets at least their money back, so there's really no excuse not to throw your name into the hat. And if you've only been playing on one of the other sites, now is the perfect time to sign up on DraftKings, give their website or app a try. I know you're going to love it. They've got a sleek interface. It's easy to use. There's no kickers, plus we get PPR, which as Tags has pointed out, means it's easier to predict and win. So if you won in this unique contest, where you pick your players from eight pools of options. Just go to fantasypros.com slash DraftKings. You can try to beat me in tags. Okay, tags, I'm already certain this week won't quite match up to last week in terms of football because a bunch of great players are going to be out this week. Plus, I mean, Marshawn Lattimore caught an interception with his butt, so... That's kind of hard to top, right?
1: <laughs> it really is hard to top. This week of football is just, I mean, if you're out there in a season-long league and you tune into this podcast expecting to hear us to talk about, you know, start-sit start stuff, seriously, get out of week 17 for fantasy football championships, guys. That It's something that I learned in the first year I played fantasy football that you don't want to do that. Um, so I, we, we obviously changed it in my league settings, and hopefully you guys can do the same. but um as for the news in regards to what teams you want to stay away from, I wanted to make it a point on this show to kind of go through this because it's the most most important part of DFS and it's going to give you the biggest edge because a lot of people don't pay attention. They just go and they they'll play with some money they got for Christmas or something like that, and they're not going to pay attention to the players who are going to be inactive or not play much at all. I already mentioned that the Rams, uh, Todd Gurley, uh, Jared Goff, do not play those guys at all. They're not in lineups, so therefore you're going to have Sean Mannion. You're going to have him out there throwing passes to Sammy Watkins and Robert Woods. We don't know how long they're going to be on the field. That's a problem. We have uh, the Vikings. They are the number two seed unless they lose. New Orleans loses and Carolina wins. It's it's a weird scenario. The Vikings have something slightly to uh, play for, so it's not too much, but they still do. The Eagles have absolutely nothing to gain. Uh, it seems like we're not going to if we do see the starters, it's only going to be for a very limited time. So stay away from the Eagles starters like Alshon Jeffrey, uh, Nick Foles, stay away from I'd probably stay away from Jay Ajayi. Um Corey Clement might not be a bad play in that game, uh, but the Chiefs have nothing to gain. I don't think Travis Kelsey plays. I don't think Tyreek Hill plays. Alex Smith is not going to play. They already said that Patrick Mahomes is going to start for that game. So I would assume even if the starters do play, they're not going to play much. And then Bobby, your Jaguars. The Jaguars are locked into the number three seed. They, however, this is like, this is a weird one. I'm staying away from the Jaguars just because of this, because they have nothing to gain from this game outside of the fact if they beat Tennessee, then uh, they're going to play likely play the Chargers, which is not like, it's not very good, right? That's not, that's not like a good consolation prize. If they lose, they're going to play the Titans, who they're playing this week, in wildcard weekend. So honestly, they might have more to benefit to lose this game. Then win it. I do. You have a good read because it seems like Gus uh, that it seems like the Jags are dead set on winning this football game against the Titans.
0: They say that they're playing it out. I just can't see a scenario where Leonard Fournette gets a bunch of touches. I mean, like it. It doesn't matter. This game does not matter whatsoever. He's been hurt off and on all season. You've got Keelan Cole, who's playing through an injury if he plays. Marquise Lee, if he comes back, playing through an injury. Uh, Blake Bortles has lost nine of his eleven wide receivers to start the season like give me a break
1: you don't play Blake Bortles either what are you gonna who are you gonna play here that's that's why I don't know like I I happen to think that they're going to Leonard Fournette should not see more than 10 touches like that's 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 the player I'd be most scared to play Bortles in the passing game I think you want them to stay somewhat hot um so D.D. Westbrook and Keelan Cole they're more like tournament options but if you're playing cash games only my advice would be to just stay away from the Jags I, I mean I just if they fall behind, they might just say, "You know what? Let's pull our starters. Let's get ready for next week. Let's let's concede this game. Not go. You know, like that. It, there's just no reason for it. I would much rather play the Titans in the first round than I would play the Chargers. It's not even close for me either. I don't think the Titans really have a playoff football team.
0: I think the Chargers could win a Super Bowl. I, I really think that they have the talent to do that. And the Titans, I mean, they're going to lose to whoever they play in the first round. I'm pretty confident yeah. in that. All right, Tags, so let's talk about who we do want to play then, and we're going to be talking about DraftKings and FanDuel players. Uh, We'll start at quarterback. This is for cash games, and we spend a little bit more time on cash game because there's a lot more strategy here. You can really make a case for anybody in GPP, but there's a few options who stand out a little more, so we'll touch on some of them at the end of the show. Uh, But for cash game quarterbacks, Tags, who stands out to you? Who's your favorite play here?
1: My favorite play, I think, in cash is Matt Stafford. I've talked about it before, and there's been some rumblings about the the Lions' possibly resting stafford for week 17 because they have nothing to play for jim caldwell's on his way out this that matt stafford said that's bs like he's going to be out there he wants to play uh this game isn't a dome so you don't have to worry too much about uh weather conditions which is something that you do have to pay attention to sunday morning and i want to make it like very aware to to our listeners to say that you know make sure you check the news throughout the week if you have a question about dfs leading up you know sunday morning make sure to tweet at us bobby and myself uh where it's like you know we're, we'll try and answer these questions because there's a lot of things that are going on this week and we're going to find out more as the week goes on like DeAndre Hopkins. Like that's a that's a news bit that came out today that it's very unlikely that he plays in week 17. So these are all things you need to know. Matt Stafford playing against the Packers. Yes, it's a divisional matchup, but yes, he has torn them apart uh, the past few times they played earlier this year in week nine when they had two of their starting three cornerbacks. They're now down. They have zero. None of their regular starting cornerbacks are out there. Uh, but back then, he completed 26 of 33 passes for 361 yards and two touchdowns. Marvin Jones has had his way with that secondary. They don't really have anybody out of the slot to stop Golden Tate. We know that the Lions don't have a run game. I think that they've gone now three straight years, if I'm not mistaken, without having a hundred yard rusher. Wow. Yeah it's like a stat that I didn't believe. And I went to look at it and I got caught up with something, but I, I was a reputable, reputable source that said it's been three years since the lions have had a 100 yard rusher. So, you know, when that happens, (laughs) you know, the quarterbacks, they they run that West coast offense. So you're going to see him throw for probably 300 yards and two touchdowns. I think that's, I think that's his floor, honestly, in this game. And it's 6,300. He's not a bad price. Um, what do you think about Stafford? That is a bizarre
0: stat, man. Yeah, I think Stafford's a solid play. He's in my top three or four for sure. There's no one that really stands out to me. Like, you can get Mm -hmm. away with any of these guys. I'm picking my quarterback last because there's players I like at other positions. And it's just kind of how much money do you have left? And you take the guy in that range. Mm -hmm. Like, I love Russell Wilson this week. I... Seattle has something to play for. You know, Arizona's a pretty good matchup. I know they've got Patrick Peterson and everything like that, but uh, they've been giving up a lot to the pass this year. Russell Wilson has been extremely consistent. The last two weeks, not so hot, but I think Seattle has something to play for, and Russell Wilson's going to be just fine. So I think he's probably the safest play in the slate, but he's
1: also really expensive. If I were to pay up, I'd probably go to Cam Newton. Um, that game still means an awful lot to them at Atlanta. I was one that said Russell Wilson over uh, Newton last week, and... Um, honestly, they were both really disappointing last week. Uh, but Cam Newton in, in, a, in a game where it's like them in Atlanta, it's basically Atlanta's a win and get in scenario. The, the Panthers, I think they still have an outside chance to make it in. Oh, wait, no, they're, they're locked into the playoffs already. They're, they can finish no worse than the five seed. So they're in, but they can keep Atlanta out. And you don't want to place an Atlanta team that was to the Super Bowl last year in the playoffs. So they're going to be playing throughout this entire game. The game's in Atlanta, so it's in a dome. You don't have to worry about that. Atlanta's pass defense has been brutal lately. Um, they haven't done very well. Every quarterback that plays against them seems to have a very, very high floor, which is what you want, um, in cash games. So I think Cam Newton would be the one I'd pay for because Russell Wilson, for whatever reason, he struggles in division games like really bad. Uh Arizona, he played them earlier in the year. If you remember, that was the he had the his dad's name on his son his uh, that was a concussion game, the game he got concussed and they went through that whole protocol thing. Uh, but he he threw for 238 yards, two touchdowns. That was in the midst of his really hot stretch. Uh, and he was at like his worst game in that stretch. And if you go back to last year, his games against Arizona weren't that great. So I think I would just rather go to Cam uh, just knowing the floor against Atlanta. But I also think Philip Rivers is a decent play. He's going to be home against the Raiders for sixty six hundred. Uh, But one, one, one I wanted to ask you about is Kirk Cousins at 6,200. What do you think of Cousins this week against the Giants? I've got him in my lineup right now.
0: I've got him penciled in in my cash game lineup. I love Russell Wilson as I think the safest option, but I don't have enough money to spend on him because there's some other players I like that are going to cost quite a bit more if you want reliability. So yeah, Kirk Cousins, he's my guy this week. I mean, the Giants just haven't stopped
1: anybody. No, they haven't at all. And the only team that Cousins really struggled against was the Chargers uh, when he went out to the West Coast for that game Um, and the Chargers pass rush. We know they're really good. I just feel like the Giants, they've they've checked out (laughs) like that team is really done. The only thing that would concern me about Cousins is the weather, because obviously in New York, uh, we're now this game is going to be taking place. Is that, wait, is New Year's on Monday or is it New Year's Eve? When is New Year's Eve? Is that on Sunday? Nobody knows. <laughs> I was going to say, anybody like, knows. <laughs> I haven't made any plans with me being sick. Like I, my wife works that night, so I'm, I'm good. But yeah, I, that's my only concern with cousins. So, I mean, I think that Stafford or Newton, whatever, whatever it allows, because there's a $500 difference between the two. I think I'm going to land on Newton if I have the cash, which I most likely won't, or Stafford if I want to keep my my spending down.
0: Here's the thing about Cam Newton. I'm pretty sure we saw his floor last week, right? Uh-huh. I mean, everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. He didn't have the touchdowns to go with his yards and his uh, completions and everything like that. He gets an easier matchup this week against Atlanta. And he still got 16 points last yep. week. So I think he gets at least 16. He's he's a safe play. You're right. I'm not sure that he's safer than Russell Wilson, but I love Cam Newton this week. One other player I want to ask you about before we move on to running back
1: tags Is Jimmy G. I mean, we know the Rams are resting their starters. Could Jimmy G do it again? I thought about it. I mean, I put him in my top 10 quarterback rankings this week, so it's not that I'm down on Jimmy G. I think I think he's a good play because Aaron Donald is not going to start. They already said that Uh, he's not going to play. My issue is that he is his cost. I mean, he's up to 6700 on DraftKings like he's in the territory of Brady Newton and I'm not going to pay that. Like, I'll take the safety of Newton rushing more than I will Garoppolo throwing to Marquise Goodwin as number one. If you want a piece of Jimmy G, just 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 pick up uh, Marquise Goodwin. He's a lot cheaper on uh, on Fandle, though. He's just 7700,
0: which I know is more expensive right. than DraftKings. But comparatively, I mean, he's in the same price range as Kirk
1: Cousins, Case Keenum. Oh, that's not bad. That's not bad at all. I mean, yeah, if you wanted to play him, I don't have any issue with it. Uh, but in cash, I'm probably going to go a little bit safer because I think they'll, they should be able to run on the Rams quite a bit. OK, well, let's move on over to run back then. And uh, I'm sure you've got a few guys on your mind. Oh, for sure. Um, I think one player that's going to go under own this week because of what happened last week, and it should not be held against him at all because I didn't like him at all. It was Kenyon Drake, Kenyon Drake. People wanted to play him for whatever reason, because he's been hot. Uh, but when you go into KC, you don't want to play fantasy players, especially when their, their price goes through the roof. His price went through the roof and it's still 7,200, which, you know, puts him in the top 10 at the running back position. But it's at the bottom of the top 10 Uh, against the Bills. The last time he played them just two weeks ago, he finished with 113 yards and a touchdown on and that was again, that was on the road. They're going to be coming back home this this week. Miami's defense plays so much better at home. Uh, This should be a closer game. Kenyon Drake, there should be no game script where he's out of it because he catches. I want to say he saw 11 targets in the passing game the last time they played. They may not push Damian Williams being it's week 17. They have nothing to play for. I think he's someone that you can play. I don't know if you need to play him in cash, though, because there are so many cheap options at running back that it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, there's so many guys that I don't want to play this week, like Zeke.
0: I'm sure he's going to get 20 carries, but he goes against Philadelphia. You can't possibly use him. And then all the guys who, you know, Pittsburgh... Is in the playoffs already. Like, what reason do they have to give
1: Le'Veon Bell 30 touches? Right. Well, there's some people. So Le'Veon Bell's $10,000 on DraftKings. Um, there's some people out there that seem to think that had the, the Steelers are going to start Le'Veon Bell, they're going to start Ben Roethlisberger, and they're going to scoreboard watch. And if the Patriots are somehow losing to the Jets, that the, the Steelers are going to keep Roethlisberger and Bell in there. I don't think this happens. Like, I don't think that teams can actually do that like if they were playing at different times they could watch you know they could watch the scoreboard and by the time it gets to halftime you know what's going on but these two teams are playing at the same time i don't see any way that if i'm not mistaken unless they flex this game out or something where the time is different as far as i know they're playing at the same time the steelers are playing the browns at ho- the steelers are at home at 12 and the patriots are ho- at home against the jets at 12 so there's no way this can realistically happen. I don't think that the Steelers are going to bet on the Jets with Bryce Petty beating the Patriots because the Patriots will be playing their starters. The Patriots are playing for home field advantage. If they win, they get home field advantage throughout the playoffs. So there's no way you can convince me to play Le'Veon Bell and Cash. Zeke, I'm really curious about Philly. Like, I want to hear what Doug Peterson says about his starters, because if he says we're going to you know, rest our defensive starters and stuff like that, then I'd start to consider him. But again, dude, like go down to, I mean, Mark Ingram is 7,500. He's a good play. Uh, But I think my favorite running back this week is Jamal Williams at 5,200. Me too. The Lions, I mean, Aaron Jones was just ruled as doubtful, which means he's not going to play. And the Lions have been getting demolished. They're allowing the second most fantasy points to opposing running backs. They just got smashed by Gio Bernard for 168 yards and a touchdown in week 16. Again, I I like this game. Uh, We know that Brett Hundley is not you know, all that. But Jamal Williams has played well with him under center. So at 5200 locking yourself into 20 touches against a Lions defense, that's really bad indoors. Yeah. Give me Jamal Williams all day. Yeah, I'm totally with you on that one. Tags, let me ask you a question.
0: If the Steelers rolled out Fitzgerald Toussaint at quarterback, They'd have no trouble beating the Browns, right? So, so why would they give Le'Veon Bell 20 plus touches, let, let alone even 30? Why would they even give him 20?
1: Yeah, I don't think they do. And honestly, like that's what I'm saying. I don't even think I'll play Le'Veon Bell in tournaments this week. Like, I don't think I'm going to say I'm going to fade that. I don't think so at all. I have him outside my top 10 running backs in my rankings for week 17. Like, that means that there's like 12 running backs I'd rather start than Le'Veon Bell this week. So it just goes to show I don't have any confidence in starting him. Uh, that's why these week 17 games are so brutal. Uh, but that's why when you play cash, you have to avoid those guys because you don't, you can't afford to ride the ups and downs, but you know, that there's gonna be people out there who are just going to spend that money.
0: Now I'm definitely playing Jamal Williams, but if I wasn't, and I wanted to save some money. I have no problem whatsoever playing Malcolm Brown in cash. I know that Andrew Whitworth's going to be out, but you know, Malcolm Brown has looked really good in a short amount of time. So I'm curious to see what he can do. I think he's going to get 15 plus, maybe 25 touches against the 49ers. And I think Malcolm Brown could have a huge game. He's 4,500 on FanDuel. How cheap is he on DraftKings? Is he the minimum price there
1: too, tags? He is 3,900 on DraftKings, so he's not like the bare minimum because the bare minimum is 3,000. Honestly, I would rather pay up to go up to Carlos Hyde at 4,900. Carlos Hyde, 4,900 against the Rams defense that's resting starters like the Rams defense. Their run defense isn't good to begin with, even with their starters on the field. They allowed over four and a half yards per carry. They allowed 15 total touchdowns to running backs this year. Carlos Hyde has been seeing the touches. Jimmy G is going to put them in position to score a lot more. Like, there's really no reason that you shouldn't play Carlos Hyde in cash for forty nine hundred. And there's a lot of people he who didn't even Ma- lead the team in, in uh, touches last week, though, did he? You know what? That's the thing is, though, so Matt Breedham. Um, I don't know if he did. I, I'm not sure if he didn't lead the team, but it was close. But that's the thing is Kyle Shanahan is not afraid to say if you're having a bad game. And I've watched those games where Carlos Hyde, if he is, is, he's having a bad game. Shanahan will pull the rug and he will say, you know what, we're putting in Brita because you're just not running well today. And it happens. It's happened a few times this year. And Carlos Hyde is a running back that I loved. He has not really impressed me as as much as I thought he would this year. Uh, I felt like going into Shanahan's system was going to be a really big positive for him. And he just looks lackadaisical at times. But still, he's going to be given the start. He's going to be given the opportunity to succeed. And against this defense, I don't think he needs more than 15 touches to go off. It's gonna be fine. It's gonna be hard for me to play a lineup without him at forty nine hundred because that's just so cheap. Like you're looking for, you know, eleven points out of him in a PPR format. That's that's dirt cheap. And I want to mention one more player in cash and as a running back. And I know that some people are gonna be like, no, don't don't do this to us. But Frank Gore is not a bad play in cash i am I'm just gonna say it uh, it's this is quite possible right Gore, it might be his last game ever, like and I honestly believe that i i I know there's some people out there who think that he's gonna hit free agency. He's gonna land with a team. I don't I don't think anybody signs him. um he's done with his career, and I think that he knows it. I think this is the final game. It's a game indoors in Indianapolis, the home crowd behind him, all that fun stuff. Houston has been gutted by running backs as of late in terms of scoring. They allowed two touchdowns to the Steelers last week, three touchdowns to the Jags. Uh, The week before that, then the 49ers scored a touchdown. The Titans scored a touchdown, two touchdowns to the Ravens. So they've been allowing touchdowns. Frank Gore has been posting relatively good uh, yardage totals. Like he's been relatively safe as of late. So honestly, I think he's a good play here. I don't I'm usually not one to to be an advocate for Frank Gore, but he's caught a few passes in each of the last few games, too. So at 4,400 in what could be his very last game, honestly, if you want to save some bucks, 4,400 is not bad.
0: Yeah, you're right. And he's been actually catching passes all season. By the way, I lied big time about uh, about Carlos Hyde. He had 24 touches last week. Uh, Brietta had, uh, had just 12, but he did lead the team in yards. So that's what I was thinking there. Uh, sorry about that, guys. But uh, it does concern me a little bit about Hyde, just because Shanahan is so... You know, off and on with whatever with his running backs, whatever he's doing with them. But Mm -hmm. uh, you made a pretty compelling case. The one other guy I want to talk about here, tags, and you know, it's it feels ugly talking about all these guys, but C.J. Anderson is still getting a ton of touches. He had his third straight real good week. He had twenty one fantasy points last week, tags. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's going up against Kansas City, but it's in Denver. Uh, what do you think about CJ Anderson?
1: He's just too expensive for me. If he was cheaper, I'd I'd consider it. But I mean, I don't know what it's like on Fanduel, but in DraftKings, he's six thousand. Like, I'd rather pay seven hundred more to get Christian McCaffrey, eight hundred more to get Dion Lewis, and then if you're going to go down, I would argue that honestly, I think Hyde's a better play. Uh, Jamal Williams probably a better play, and th- those guys are obviously like they're almost a thousand dollars cheaper than Anderson. So it's not that I have an issue with Anderson. I don't have an issue with him at all, especially against the KC team that might be resting some of their starters. I don't think it's a bad play at all. He's, a, he's, he's close to a 1,000-yard mark, isn't he? I want to say he needs to like finish with like 60 yards in this game to hit 1,000 yards. So that might be a milestone for him looking to hit. So I don't think he's a bad play at all. Uh, I just think that there's, there's options above and below that I'd rather play. So definitely Jamal Williams at running back. If you had to pick
0: a second guy, who would it be at this point?
1: Um, I mean, at wide receiver, I kind of want to pay up. It's actually same at tight tight end. So I'm probably going to go cheap. I'd probably go as of this moment, if you said, who would you play? It'd probably be Jamal Williams and Carlos Hyde. Carlos Hyde. Okay.
0: I like Christian McCaffrey on Mm -hmm. DraftKings. On FanDuel, I I do like CJ Anderson. I'm thinking about Mark Ingram, um, but I, I don't know. It's just it, a lot of it's going to depend on the news that comes out. Like our lineups could change a ton between now and then. Mm-hmm. So make sure to pay attention to the news. Don't hesitate to ask us questions at Mike Taglia, NFL, at Bobby Fantasy Pro. And we are going to get to wide receiver here in just a second. But first, a word from the sponsor of today's show teamrankings.com As y'all know college bowl season started a few weeks ago but we've got the big games coming up so if you're in a college bowl pick 'em contest maybe for uh, some of the bigger bowl games or if you're just you know wanting to bet on any one game check out teamrankings.com they offer data driven picks for college bowl pick 'em pools plus spread picks over/under picks and a lot more. We may be the fantasy pros, but these guys are the office pool pros. Last year, their customers won college bowl pick'em pools and confidence pools five times more often than they were expected based on the odds going into your pick'em pools. Picks for all bowl games are posted and available now. Just go to www.teamrankings.com/slash fantasy pros for exclusive discounts of up to seventy-five percent plus free offers on twenty seventeen bowl picks. Again, that's teamrankings.com.
1: Slash fantasy Pros. All right, Tags, wide receiver, where do you want to start, man? All right, I mean, might as well start right up top and where I want to spend up at Julio Jones. Um, obviously, this game means everything to Atlanta. When they're in, they lose. They're going to need some help to get in. That's basically what it comes down to, and they don't want to rely on that. Julio Jones against the Panthers he averages 164 yards in his past four meetings with them, including three 100-yard games. Uh, they've been struggling a bit as of late. Just last week, they allowed Mike Evans to go for six catches, 107 yards. We obviously know he's been struggling two weeks prior to that. It was Adam Thielen, 105 yards and a touchdown. So they've really been struggling against the pass as of late. So I think Julio Jones at 8,200, provided that you know he's not missing this game. He says like news came out today saying that he and he's plans on playing that he should be fine uh its It was ankle and his thumb, but I think he's going to be fine. Julio always seems to be nicked up somehow some way. But $8,200 is not too crazy of a price to pay for him. I mean, he's averaging 116 receiving yards over the last five games tag. So that's a pretty big deal. He's hauling lately, man. Yeah, well, and then you look at like last week against Marshawn Lattimore, a guy who's been dominant. Uh, He played him last week and and he he tagged him, man. Uh, Seven catches for 149 yards. That's something against Marshawn Lattimore. So Julio's in fine shape. I think that they're just taking it easy with him. It's like I say it all the time, like think about a Ferrari, a sports car, right? Like when you buy those cars, you can't drive them every single day. It's like there's something wrong. The car is just not going to be optimal. And that seems like Julio Jones is like a Ferrari that needs to be in the shop continuously and continuously worked on to be an optimal shape and it really stinks because he's such a physical specimen but at the same time in a a game that's so must win this game has got to revolve around him like they need to have him involved early and often and again going back to eliminating some of the the variables that you have with weather conditions this game isn't a dome so 8200 not a bad price Another stud wide receiver that's in a must win game is Keenan Allen mm-hmm. against Oakland. I know Oakland's secondary
0: has been a lot better lately, but, uh, you know, Keenan Allen has just been so good over the last month and a half.
1: I'm willing to spin up on both Jones and Keenan Allen. I have no issues with that, actually. Um, this is a, you, you mentioned it. It's a must win game for the Chargers. They know it. And they were playing their best football when they were going to Allen a lot. And knowing that Melvin Gordon is is going to if he does play, he's going to be at far less than 100 percent. They said that Brandon Oliver would start at running back if if Melvin Gordon couldn't go. That's that's worrisome, right? Because you don't want to start Brandon Oliver uh, when your playoff dreams, hopes and dreams hinge on that, right? Keenan Allen at 7800, especially on DraftKings, where this is this is a game where he should see 10 plus targets like I'm locking him in for that. There is no uh, Hunter Henry to steal a ton of those targets. Antonio Gates is going to see some. We'll talk about him in a minute. Uh, but I do think Keenan Allen is another one of those players at the top 7,800. I think he's a fantastic play. What about Michael Thomas? That's a little worrisome, like the whole hamstring thing that popped up. So I, I tweeted about it on Sunday morning last week is that Michael Thomas came down. He popped up on Friday on the injury report with a hamstring injury. He was downgraded to questionable. He was legitimately a 50-50 shot. The Saints, it, it, this is a must win game, but if they pull out to a lead and they should be able to against the Bucks, who can't stop the run for the life of them. I think they could pull him rather early, which which is why um, I don't think he's like the worst play in tournaments at all, but I, I don't think I would risk him in cash. Now, one player that I love, if you're moving
0: on down, is Jarvis Landry. This is probably Jay Cutler's last game ever, and Jarvis Landry has been his go-to guy all season. He's got at least five receptions in every single game this season. He's got at least 46 receiving yards in every game since Week 10. Uh, he just keeps getting the job done. He's scoring a lot of touchdowns this season, going up against Buffalo. I have no problem with Jarvis Landry's price.
1: Yeah, Jarvis Landry's hard to argue with, especially in a PPR format, that the, the Bills... Haven't allowed many big games to wide receivers this year, but Landry was able to catch 10 passes against them their last time they played for 99 yards. So it was still a very healthy game for him. I think one player who I'm probably going to end up owning some, I don't know if I'm going to play him in cash or not, but Brandon Cooks at 6,300, his price has come down so far. And it all comes down to the whole Brady thing. And I made a, I did a, <laughs> I, I I kinda regret it because of all the feedback I got from it. But I sent out a tweet Sunday watching the games and I said and it was a poll and I said, Is it possible and all I said was, is, is it possible that Tom Brady has hit that Peyton Manning, the wall that Peyton Manning hit when his career ended? Oh, and, I bet you got blasted well, for saying that. Well, it's the thing is like, it's a legitimate question because 53% of people said that it's not possible. 47% said, yes, it's possible. And that that's, they said they, like the key word is possible. And other people are on there like, this is stupid. You should delete this. Like, I, I need you need to start watching football games. And I'm like guys whoa can we not have a conversation is Tom Brady like like the Holy Grail where you can't talk about him you can't touch him nothing like he's never gonna fade is that never gonna happen I think it's possible but I I'm telling you right now I don't I'm not saying that I think he's gotten there I think it needs to be up for discussion but I also think that Brandon Cooks is a solid play just because of his price and how far he's fallen how people have kind of forgotten about him and if you look at the jets, what they've allowed recently to number one wide receivers, it's ridiculous. Like, I don't need to run through all the names. I think I did that the last week because I was just, I was talking about it. And um, there's no way that this Jets secondary and man coverage can hang with Brandon Cook. So, Tom Brady at home. I don't want to I don't want to play. I don't want to pay up for Brady. But if you're going to give me his number one receiver for 6300, I'll play him.
0: I think that's fair, man. It just annoys me so much. Like 47 percent of people agree with you. Uh Yet people are telling you, like, delete yourself and whenever you even ask a question that goes against the general
1: consensus. Yep. It's it's really sad, too, because like that's the thing is like I'm, I'm not I'm not, a, I'm not a Brady hater. I'm, I I have said that Aaron Rodgers is the greatest of all time that he's going to go down as the greatest, but Brady is right there with him. Like if there's, if there's a top three, Tom Brady's in it for me. So I'm not saying that I'm just, but I am, what I am saying is that there is a legitimate possibility that Tom Brady has caught up with father time. There's a reason that quarterbacks don't play into their forties. That just, it happens guys. He's not God. <laughs> that's, that's all I can say about it.
0: Now, two other guys that I love. I know Devin Funchess has just been killing people lately. He's Mm -hmm. playing with the shoulder injury and everything, but Carolina wants to win this game. Devin Funchess has been really good since Calvin Benjamin left. Uh, he had 86 yards, 92 yards, 108, 60, 59. He's been getting a ton of targets as well. He's clearly Cam Newton's go-to guy. Um, he's not in my cash game lineup right now, but he's someone I'm considering. And then Josh Gordon. I know he struggled a lot last week, but he's been getting so many targets. And now that his price is all the way down at 6700 on FanDuel, I think you've got to consider him against Pittsburgh. I mean, Cleveland already wrapped up the number one pick. They don't want to go 0-16, right? So they're going to be going all out here. And I think Josh
1: Gordon could have a really big game. Josh Gordon is interesting, especially considering that we we don't know what's going to happen with Pittsburgh and who they're sitting and who they're not. Um, that's interesting. Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't use him in cash, but I think he he's definitely in play for tournaments. My question to you is, what do you think about, so AJ Green is only 6,300. That's very tempting because you never see his price down there. He's an elite wide receiver uh, playing against a Baltimore team without Jimmy Smith. And AJ Green, if you guys don't know, his road splits are ridiculous. Like, for whatever reason, A.J. Green averages like 25 more yards on the game, yards per game on the road. He averages like 0.2 more touchdowns per game. Like it's something ridiculous where A.J. Green just dominates the road. It's just what happens. It's the opposite of Ben Roethlisberger. He's only 6,300. And then T.Y. Hilton, I actually would consider T.Y. Hilton cash at 5,900 against the, uh, the Texans who are just bad. They're just bad at football right now.
0: Tags, is there any chance this is Larry Fitzgerald's last game? I mean, he has 25 targets in his last two weeks. He's still rolling. I think he'd be good next year, but if it is, I could see him going off this week.
1: I hope he retires. And and this is I want him to retire on top. Like what he did this year was phenomenal. It was and that's why a lot of people are like, oh, I mean, he's still he's still got it, man. He should come back. I mean, as much as much as it sucks knowing that Calvin Johnson and Barry Sanders, those guys left before their primes, like, I mean, not before their primes, but before they started the decline, like you remember them in a better way. And I don't think this Cardinals team, like, I don't think Larry Fitzgerald is in the, in a position to want to learn a new offense because it seems like Bruce Arians is going to be out of town. They don't really have a a quarterback for him to work with. I don't know if Carson Palmer is going to be playing next year. I don't know if Fitzgerald wants to learn a new offense. That's, that's my issue. So this very well could be his last game, but remember, he did sign an extension. He signed a a, a one or two year extension a few weeks back. And uh, I found it odd because the only thing it really did, he could still retire if he wants to, obviously. But the only thing it really did was locked him into Arizona, where it's like he couldn't play for another team if he wanted to, which was kind of crappy. I felt like they should give him that that option to go play for a Super Bowl contender if he wanted to like the Patriots. Yes. Um, But yeah, it seemed like it locked him there. So he could he could very well choose to retire this offseason. All right, Tags, we're going to go to tight end here really quick, but if you have to go down
0: and find some value at wide receiver, my guy's Josh Doxon. Yeah. He had 13 targets last week. You talked about Kirk Cousins, and everyone's forgetting about Doxon because he wasn't great against all these stud uh, cornerbacks. You know, he got Patrick Peterson, you got Casey Hayward, Janoris Jenkins, Marshawn Lattimore, Xavier Rhodes, Richard Sherman, and that's pretty much been his entire season. He gets the Giants this week. He had 13 targets last week. I think he gets double digits again
1: this week, and I think he's a
0: safe play for super cheap. Do you have another guy down in this range?
1: Yeah, I love Josh Doxson. He was actually on my list. Uh, if you're looking for a cheap wide receiver, he's probably the one I would play as well. Uh, I also think, I don't know if Chris Godwin, I haven't heard too much about him, and I, I, I think, I'm pretty sure he's playing, but Deshaun Jackson... He's too boom or bust for me, man. Well, here's the reason. No, the reason I say Godwin is because Deshaun Jackson... Apparently, well, he missed last week, obviously, and he also (laughs) he um, apparently hit one of his friends. I'm putting my air quotes up. One of his friends uh, took his car without his permission. It had uh, hollow point bullets in it. It had pot in it and it crashed and uh, like a hit and run. So he's involved with something with the law right now. He's dealing with his injury that caused him to miss last week. So I think Chris Godwin might end up in that starting lineup again. And against the Saints, you know that Marshawn Lattimore is going to match up with uh With Mike Evans, so Chris Godwin at four thousand wouldn't be the worst option um again, like that's if you're going dirt cheap at four thousand, but I do think that Josh daxson at forty four hundred is the one I would want as long as the weather is good
0: all right tag, so let's go tight end here, and you said
1: you're spending up. Does that mean you're all over gronk this week yeah Gronk is uh if you want to if you want to spend up at tight end gronk's the the way to go there again, you know playing against the Jets, <laughs> the Jets defense, who I want to say they're the league's worst defense against tight ends. That's a, uh, that's kind of a no, uh, they might be like third, but it's kind of like a no brainer thing with Gronk there. Uh, they're in a a, in a game where they can lock up home field advantage throughout the playoffs. We've seen Tom Brady playing like crap on the road the last few, the few times we've seen him. So I'm, I'm assuming this means a lot to them to get home field advantage, especially against the Steelers and Roethlisberger you know, if they were to run into them in the AFC uh, championship game, you don't want to be playing in Pittsburgh. That's something you don't want to do. And I know that they won there just the other week. And it was kind of a BS call on that Heath Miller on Heath Miller. Wow. Travel back in time. Uh, They won on that final play where Jesse when Jesse James, the touchdown that was overturned, that was kind of a BS call. Um, But yeah, so I I think Gronk is a phenomenal play at 7000. But there's also some really good plays that are really cheap, though, Bobby, like I like Jack Doyle a lot. I like Vernon Davis and I like Antonio Gates. And if you want a really cheap play, Charles Clay, like these are all the tight end position is filled with with spots where I actually like this week. There's only two guys I'm
0: even considering. Eric Ebron, because he's a top four wide receiver over the past month and a half. I mean, he's been playing some real good football. I don't know if you've been watching their games, but they're just using him completely differently. They're like setting him up outside and they're designing plays for Eric Ebron because he's that type of athlete and he deserves it. And you know what? He's been getting the job done. So I like Ebron this week, but... I'm starting my lineups with Rob Gronkowski and building around him because he's just that much better than everybody else. I mean, it's really not even close. I don't care how much money I have to spend to get him. 20 points, 14 points, 18 points, 12 points. He really hasn't even been scoring that many touchdowns, so I think positive touchdown regression is coming. He's going to get you, you know, 5 to 10 receptions, probably 80-plus yards, maybe 150 yards like he's done two of the past four weeks. So I think you just got to use Rob Gronkowski this week. There's too much value everywhere else.
1: Yeah, I kind of agree with that. And that's the reason, like, there's only certain slates that allow me to use Gronkowski. And I think this is one that does, where we have so cheap running backs, you don't feel the need to pay up for Le'Veon Bell or Todd Gurley because they're essentially non-playable in cash this week. So I do agree with you in the fact that I think uh, Gronk is a phenomenal play in cash. But yeah, if you're going down, Ebron. I, I, it's hard for me to say that I, that I don't like him. But Green Bay has been re- really good against tight ends this year. Um, Greg Olson's really the only one that lit them up. And granted, that was two weeks ago. But uh, but yeah, Doyle against the Texans is a really good one. Uh, he he had caught eight passes for 63 yards against them in Week Nine. They've obviously not gotten any better since then. Gates, the Raiders have really struggled with tight ends. The last time they played against the Chargers. They allowed 106 yards to the the combination of Gates and Henry. Uh, so, I mean, it's tough to say Gates and Keenan Allen, but I also think that those are the top two options for Phillip Rivers against that team. Yeah, that's true.
0: Okay, defense special teams. Uh, I think Pittsburgh's going to be the chalk here this week against Cleveland, but I'm not really so sure how much they're going to play their starters. You mentioned it earlier, and maybe they will, but um, I think they're probably the chalk this week. I'm spending down, though. I'm going with Denver against Kansas City. Uh, rookie quarterback going against Denver. Uh, he's not going to have all their weapons, probably. So I think Denver gets a few picks here, Hold them to under 20 points
1: yeah I don't think that's a bad play at all um i I have no issue with that actually the defense i haven't do I, I haven't gotten too far into defense this week just yet because of all the variables that are going on with who's playing who's not playing. We seem to have more that's fair. We seem to have better a better idea of who's going to play an offense in, in in regards to defense, which I don't know if that's the way it should be <laughs> because defensive players should receive just as much attention as the offensive players do, so I have to assume that some defensive players are going to sit too. But I actually like that uh, playing Denver defense at home against a rookie quarterback that has is going to be starting his first game in the NFL. Mahomes, he might make some solid plays. Don't get me wrong. Like, that's not that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying, like it's with you, the, he, he's going to get sacked a few times. He's going to make some stupid errors because that's what rookies do. So yeah, I like that. I also think the Chargers. He's a
0: gunner, like I'm sure he's turnover prone. So oh yeah,
1: I don't mind going up against him at all. So, some other
0: safe plays. I think the Chargers, you know yep. what they're they're doing. They're going for it against Oakland. Uh, Derek Carr has not been great. Seattle going for it against Drew Stanton. So that's a good play too. But they're pretty banged up. So I'm going Denver. Uh, same kind of guys for GPP uh, tags. You want to go backward through uh, through the positions for GPP now.
1: Oh, I also think, by the way, I want to say the Chargers love that. And I also think New England could be a really good play. The defense against the Jets at home. Yep. New England's on my radar as well.
0: All right, let's go tight end for GPP. We'll just uh, do one player each and then we'll move on to wide receiver. So who's your guy?
1: Uh, in a tournament, I would go with Vernon Davis. I think people have been burned by him as of late. I think people have forgotten how bad the Giants are against tight ends. And Vernon Davis, we obviously saw him catch a touchdown last week. So he got back on the board, which is always encouraging. But the Giants, you want to attack them as many times as possible. Um, and knowing that Vernon Davis has now scored in two of his last three games, I know he was blanked by them. It was on Thanksgiving. But again, I think there was an injury there with Vernon Davis that he was kind of dealing with. I just think that he's... a, a awesome tournament play at 4,300. Austin Hooper has not been very good lately, but he has been a
0: top five tight end three times this season. Uh, He's not going to have too much exposure, maybe one or 2%. And if you're on him and he catches two touchdowns, or if he goes for 100 yards and a touchdown, you are going to be uh, in real good shape for GPP. So he's my guy. Mm -hmm. Love it. All right. Wide receiver tags. Why don't you give us two names here?
1: All right, so I, I did mention earlier in the show that Marquise Goodwin—he's someone that I would definitely debate. Sixty-six uh, hundred—I don't know how much people are going to play him, like because he was someone that people were coming around on him, and then he struggled last week as we kind of knew he would against Jacksonville. But we we kind of should have figured that his price is still high at sixty-six hundred. He's more than AJ Green, more than Brandon Cooks. Most people go down to those guys, uh, but at sixty-six hundred against a Rams defense that might be without Tremaine Johnson, we know they're without Ar- Aaron Donald. I think he makes for a very, very interesting play there. And again, A.J. Green, one of my favorite tournament plays this week, and I want to pound that one home just because how good he's been on the road throughout his career. Cincinnati needs to go out with some sort of high note. They've just looked so bad. I know they won last week against Detroit, but Andy Dalton needs a confidence builder or something. He's got to find AJ Green. Baltimore has been a different defense without Jimmy Smith. So I think AJ Green is probably one of my favorite tournament plays. I love Juju Smith Schuster this week. I mean, Antonio Brown's out. Smith Schuster has been one of the best rookies
0: in a long time. I mean, he's not been the best rookie in the last five years, but he has been a historically good wide receiver rookie. And with Brown out, he's going to keep getting seven plus targets. He's got a chance for 150 yards, maybe a couple scores. So I'm excited to see what he can do this weekend against Cleveland. And then the other guy's DD Westbrook. We talked about him quite a bit last week and it wasn't really that pretty because Blake Bortles is bad on the road. Uh, but it's a game against Tennessee. We've seen what they can do against Tennessee. And as I mentioned, everybody's hurting Jacksonville. So D.D. Westbrook could get 10, 12, maybe 15 targets this week. He's pretty cheap. Tennessee does not defend the pass well. I think Jacksonville is going to be playing from behind. So uh, I think this game could line up really well for D.D. Westbrook.
1: Nice. I like the Westbrook call. Uh, him and Keelan uh, Cole are now just $100 apart on DraftKings. So uh, I definitely like the the Westbrook approach. I would rather play him than Cole because Cole's going to be the one that's higher owned in tournaments, without a doubt. Yeah, Yeah, and uh, that means that my wide receiver core has a guy named Didi and a guy named Juju. Nice, you can't go wrong, man. (laughs) All right, GPP for running backs. Let's get two names here as well. All right, so running back Christian McCaffrey. I I think you may have mentioned him uh, when we were doing the running back segment. He's one of my favorite tournament plays. I think he could be used in cash too. If you want to spend up at running back, we mentioned it last week with Alvin Kamara and the fact that the Falcons are tailor made for pass catching running backs. We saw that happen earlier this year with. McCaffrey he ran the ball 15 times for 66 yards and a touchdown he caught five passes for 28 yards yada yada but this is a team that has allowed 104 receptions to running backs there's not another team within 10 receptions of them like that's the next closest so they basically allow 10 percent more receptions than any other team in the NFL to running backs which is very significant when you know there's 32 teams out there so I think he's one of my favorite tournament plays this week Uh, and I also think that Mark Ingram is awesome uh You know, people have been throwing out numbers that Camara has been averaging more snaps. He's been averaging more more touches per game over the last like four weeks, and they're sticking to that. And I have no issue with Camara. I like Camara, but I think that this matchup against Tampa Bay is one better suited for Mark Ingram. This is a team that's allowed 14 rushing touchdowns in the season. Gerald McCoy, even if he does play, he's going to be playing at less than 100 percent. He's playing through like a torn biceps. That's not good like that. That can't be good for you. No. <laughs> so uh, I think Mark Mark Ingram could be a guy that scores multiple touchdowns in this game.
0: All right. A few guys I like here. Uh, Blal Powell. I don't want to be chasing points or anything, but we've seen what he can do at the end of season when he gets a bunch of touches. I know it's New Orleans, but uh, New Orleans has not been very good on defense. The game script's probably not ideal, but who knows? Maybe it will end up working out if Blal Powell gets a, uh, you know, a 60 yard touchdown run as he is uh, shown that he's capable of doing several times in a season. So maybe he gets over 100-plus again, scores a couple touchdowns. He's pretty cheap. I already mentioned Malcolm Brown. I love him in cash. I love him in GBP. Uh, Samaje Piran has not been good lately, but he's still getting a ton of carries. Maybe he gets 20-plus this week against the Giants, who, as you mentioned, they've kind of given up this season. Uh, the one other play I want to talk about is Austin Eckler for the Chargers. If Melvin Gordon is out, I know Oliver is going to get the start, but I guarantee Eckler's going to get a dozen or more touches and
1: uh, he's electric, man. He can take one to the house. Well, he I, I have no I actually like Eckler and the fact that if he was healthy, um, but his he's dealing with a broken hand. So they're limiting him to only special teams. And that's why they're saying that Oliver is going to get the start is because I don't think they want to use Eckler with a broken hand, uh, relying on him in, as much in the passing game as they do. So that's my concern with Eckler. Um, with the season on the line, you don't think that they'll use him? Well, it was kind of on the line the last few weeks. Like they've been playing for their playoff lives because they started out so slow. Like some people reference them as like one of the worst teams in the NFL and at the start of the season. And it was just like, well, what happened? But yeah, like the last week, he only played on special teams. He didn't get any uh, offensive snaps, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Bilal Powell is someone I want to like I really want to like him I actually liked him last week against the Chargers I figured they were going to use him more in the passing game but they haven't and that's my issue with him I don't know if he can get 15 carries in this game and if he doesn't get 15 carries he's going to be useless because he like these are his target totals over the last five games one one zero three one that's his target totals so that's well, not you have good. to
0: have a passing game for him to be involved in the passing game. And
1: Bryce Petty well, is true. not
0: a passing game.
1: But going but going against New England, you're going to be throwing the ball more than you would want to usually. And that's my yeah. only concern with Bilal Paul, because I do think that he's actually a solid play. It seems like at the end of the year, he always turns up and tw- he's 29 years old. Like this is this is the end <laughs> for him. And I don't know if he's back with the Jets next year, but um, I'm I, it's it's an interesting call. I'll say that. All right, GPP for quarterback. I'm
0: going to go first here, Tags, then I'll let you close this out. I'm going Sean Mannion against San Francisco. Uh, Sean Mannion is not that bad. San Francisco is that bad. So uh, we know Jared Goff's not playing. We know Todd Gurley's not going to be there. Maybe they'll hand it off a lot, but maybe Sean Mannion in Sean McVay's offense gets himself three or four touchdowns, whether they're garbage or not. We know that McVay can, uh, can score some points. So Sean Mannion, it is for me. Sean
1: Mannion, I don't, that's my my only issue with players like that is I don't know if they have enough upside for me to win a tournament, especially when they're playing without starters. Missing his best offensive lineman definitely hurts. Um, one player I think about in a tournament, Dak Prescott, he's only 5,900. He's playing at Philly. Again, Philly, They've already talked about resting their starters on offense. So you, you can only assume they're going to rest some starters on defense. And if they're doing that, the Cowboys said that they're going to they're going to play some younger players more often than they would, but they are still playing to win. And I believe that with Jerry Jones. I think he it's too much for his pride to say, we're just going to take a loss and we're going to suck it up. Blah, blah blah. No, no, he wants to win. It's like a pride thing for him. So I do think that Dak Prescott plays the whole game and at fifty nine hundred we already know his rushing floor, what he gives Philly's secondary is the weakest point of that defense. And if they're going to be missing, maybe Ronald Darby, if they pull him, if they pull Jalen Mills, like there's, there's parts of it that they can expose. So I think even if you did like a Dak Prescott does Bryant stack, I don't think that's worth the worst thing that could happen.
0: Yeah. Tags. I like the Dak Prescott call a lot. Uh, and that's all we have for today's show. So Hope you get better, man. And we will be back next week for two shows. If you haven't already, subscribe and review us on iTunes. That way you don't miss any of the shows in the quote unquote off season. There really never is one for us. We're gonna keep going every uh, every single week with at least one show. So make sure to subscribe and review us on iTunes. I also want to remind you all that we've got the DraftKings contest going on. Just go to fantasypros.com/slash DraftKings. It's a twenty five cent entry. You can win a lifetime subscription of Fantasy Pros and a thousand bucks this weekend. Again, that's fantasy. DraftKings, And also thank you to the sponsor of today's show, TeamRankings.com, where you can get up to 75% off bowl picks, TeamRankings.com slash FantasyPros. For Mike Tagliere, I'm Bobby Sylvester. Thanks for listening, and enjoy your football.
1: I just wanted you to watch me dissolve.